Welcome to Hershey and the Teague Show, starring pitcher Mark Hirschman and his personal catcher, Mike Keegan. Every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. live from the Governor's Comedy Club radio studio. Thanks so much for listening. A show about nothing. are talking. All right, guys, it is Tuesday, 9 p.m. You know what that means. It's the Hershey and Keeg Show. We're here. We're happy to be here. It's been a week. We can't wait to uh, hang out with you guys for an hour. Got yeah. a great show tonight. Uh, I am Mike Keegan here with uh, Mark Hirschman, my Hi. partner. That's me. I'm his uh, partner in life and on the show. <laughs> exactly. My my personal pitcher. Yes. And uh, as always, our best friend, Sally. Hello, Sally. Hello, Sally. Hey, guys. Hi, everyone. Hi, Sally. Excellent. We uh we unfortunately have to start the show with uh, some some shitty news, but um, it's important news. And um, you know the truth is we've only been doing this show for a few months now, um, but we are family, and, and in comedy, um, you tend to become very close with the people that um, you work with, that you hang out with, and um, it's really no different than this show. Um, you know, Mike and I have become very fond of Sally and, and Tony as well. We don't deal with Tony as much. That's her, her, um, her husband who is he the... He never comes here. Yeah, he, we don't see him a lot, but he's he, the... He hates you guys he's, so I know, much. I know. Tony's the, the uh, manager of Govs. But the, the bottom line is this. Um, we are a family here, and um, we found out a couple of days ago some pretty, pretty shitty news that Silly Sally's uh, sister, Cindy, had passed away over the weekend. So certainly Mike and I, um, we... We talked about this, and we definitely felt like um, we really wanted to start the show, not on a somber note, but we felt that it was important to acknowledge uh, someone who um, we found out over the past few months was very close to, to Sally and her family, and uh, she has lived with, Cindy had lived with Sally for the past four years. Um, we did hear some stories over the past few months about her, so Mike and I certainly did uh, understand the dynamic a little bit, and uh, we were definitely rocked a little bit when we heard the news, and um, you know, um, Sally, I just wanted to, there's a couple of things before I, um, you know, kind of just get a, a little feedback from you, uh, and we did we did talk with Sally about this beforehand to make sure that she was comfortable with us discussing it. Um, but over the past couple of weeks, I actually had noticed a couple of references that you had made um, on on Facebook about Sally and Cindy. Um, about Cindy. Yeah, excuse me, you are Sally. Um, with really no expectation, I think that this was coming when it did, and. Um, you know, one of them was on um, was on Tony's birthday, which was, I guess, May fifth. Is that right? Um, April twenty eighth. Oh, but <laughs> so right, so That's May fifth, right. so almost the same thing. Um, he he did post it. That's exactly right. On May fifth, Tony posted a picture of a card that um, that Cindy had given him on his birthday, April twenty eighth. So not even uh, a month ago. And um, the the card I took note and I even texted or, or commented to Tony because I thought it was so significant. Um, it said uh, Tony. Now this is obviously her brother-in-law um, that that she's talking about. Um, Tony, you are the best thing 
that has ever happened to this family. Um, and I, I thought that was the sweetest thing and I thought it was so significant and, um, you know, you don't, you don't normally see that kind of uh, sweetness in a, in an in-law, you know, sister-in-law, brother-in-law relationship. So I found that very sweet. And, um, I also found something that she wrote, um, to you that you had, you had posted, um, as a mother's day card, which this is going on not even a week or a couple of weeks ago. Right. Right. Um, she had said to to Sally, um, uh, "You are you are not my mother. You are not my mother. But if I were to have a daughter, I would pick you." She said that to her sister, and I thought that was really significant. Again, to just kind of wrap up um, what kind of relationship um, t- Tony, Sally, their kids had, and uh, Mike and I could not be more sorry. Um, and you know, we do we do love you. Um, we appreciate you that you decided to do the show tonight. I know that um, it's probably a you know a lot for you, but I know you wanted to. Um, so if you just want to say a word or two, um, you know about about your sister Cindy, we'd we'd love to hear it. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, she she uh, like you said, she uh, she lived with us for about four years. She moved up here from Georgia, and. Um, about uh, a couple of years in, she found out that she had lung cancer, and she's 14 years older than I am. So, and she, you know, it was, it was difficult. But, you know, for the next uh, couple of years, she tried to fight it, but it wasn't going all that well. So, um, I think we just thought I thought she'd have a couple of more months, and she was even saying that she's like, I think I'm, I think I have another couple of months, and then, uh, and all last week was fine, and even I, you, you know. Uh, Carla even talked to her on the phone. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I know because I know Carla had been speaking to her because uh, she uh, Cindy deals yeah. with animal rescue, and we just have a new dog, and you know we're we're new dog parents, and we just needed some information. Looking Carla. to put it up for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> like, Can somebody rescue this fucking dog for me? Yeah. Call but, Sally's sister. She gets rid of these things. You want another one? <laughs> but, but she was so sweet with Carla. Gave her some helpful information and. Uh, yeah, and and like I said, Mark did most of the talking, but I am I am truly sorry also. Yeah, and, uh, thanks. Because we are we are family. I've been to your home, uh, I've known yeah. for a very long time, and uh, I am sorry. So C- can uh, you just thanks. tell tell her because I found it so sweet um, what you had written about her um, about sitting in the in the yard, and she's been doing a lot of sitting in the yard and the birds, and um, she you mentioned something called the tin whistle. She liked to play the tin <laughs> whistle, which I know was something that Mike and his friends played on the couch when they were kids, <laughs> but. I know that the tin whistle totally that was different. What your sister did was different. Yeah. Can you? I I don't yeah, really know the tin whistle. Girls don't know is. that tin whistle expression. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> what? Can you, what is a tin whistle? What was she well, doing you know, back there? You know the music of uh, of um, the Titanic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that's the tin whistle. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a like a kind of a different pitch flute. Okay. And um and so yeah, she just she just started she just started really and she it was she was really cute. I mean she was she was almost seven years old and she would sit in the backyard and she'd play this like little tin whistle and she'd like YouTube how to take lessons and then during COVID, you know, people on YouTube were doing lessons for free and you know, she just had a great time with it. She was just fun. You know, she was just a fun person. You know, my kids are my kids are just having a really hard time with it. Like my youngest is just having such a hard time missing sure. her because you know they, four years is a long time to live with anybody. Yeah, especially when it's your aunt. And then how old is your youngest? Eighteen. Okay, so figure you know fourteen year old kid now. Yeah, you know, his formative years with someone. Right. You right. Know, that's 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 a shit sandwich. So. so the last like week, you know, 
was awful because we just didn't expect it to go downhill so fast. But she she was a before she she went into dog rescue. She was a respiratory therapist, so she completely knew what was yeah. happening. Like it was very cool to go to doctors' offices with her and. And um, they would kind of talk to her like she was just a patient. And then I would butt in. i go, she's a respiratory therapist. And i go, oh, okay. <laughs> and then they just give her all the news, you know? Yeah. So you mentioned that it, so it was, she was doing okay and it was a medication that they had been treating her with. And that seemed to be, you know, kind of... Uh, yeah. Kind of Yeah, this wrong. one medication that they gave her, I, I think like 7% of patients get pneumonitis. Okay. And, which is like a fatal, like, lung thing. Like your lungs just... Can, they're just never the same like the bottom of both lungs just are sticky and will mm. ever be better and um and she's like i'm the lucky one <laughs> she's like wow. i'm the lotto winner in this one yeah yeah wow. well like like we said you know we, we um certainly you know uh could not be more sorry um you are part of our family and um you know again we appreciate that you decided to do the show with us tonight and uh so we will honor th this show tonight in uh in honor of Cindy, the tin whistle player, um, <laughs> and uh, hopefully she's watching us and, and uh, enjoying the show. Um, did she ever really watch the show at all? <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, she used to watch, like, like probably the first year that she moved in with me, she watched a lot of the shows. Like, she, she loves Will Sharon. Okay. Like he used to have a show here, yeah. and yeah. she's like, she's like, he's so funny, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there was certain. Unfortunately, Cindy people. only watched the first show where I told my love seat story with my friend, <laughs> right? And then she's like, I'm not watching that goddamn show again. You know, it's interesting right. that that um, that episode. Uh, people have mentioned it to me, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we definitely have some lifers from that, and yeah. we definitely have some people who will be like, oh yeah, I watched the show, and then they're, like, they're telling their friends how much they detest it. <laughs> what are their um, families like as comedians? Like. When you go home after s saying something like that, Mike, does your mother just beat the crap out of you? Like, uh, you know, like I, how's it go? <laughs> when I when I started doing comedy, I wanted to be super filthy. Like, I was a big Jim Norton fan, Andrew Dice Clay, um, so I wanted to be super filthy. So, like, I, I knew my mom was gonna come see me. So I was, yeah. I conditioned her for like weeks leading up to. It. I'm like, none of this stuff is true. I don't right. do any of this stuff. It's just to make people laugh, even though pretty much ninety eight percent. I mean, of it is you know, really the truth is, I'm a deplorable human being. The uh, the specificity that we told the the couch story in, or you know, was like you can't you can't go back on that. You you, you could be the greatest storyteller ever, but yeah. it was just so detailed. Yeah, you no, know? you don't. You can't make something like that up. I have another story. Maybe I'll tell it after after our guest today. <laughs> yeah. I have another pretty good one when I was right. a kid. That's if we I have a guest. You know, we, we our track record. <laughs> I know. Now, now you're going to be scared and nervous about every You guest know what's so funny, though? Um, <laughs> I think it they, goes... That person broke you. I think it goes <laughs> along with the, with the fact that... Um, I think that Mike and I talked about it, and we're we're cool with whatever happens. Whatever you know? happens, cause yeah. Um, and the truth is, we've both gotten messages, comments, texts from people who just like hearing us, the dynamic that we have with each other, yeah, the dynamic so that we have with you. So um, I saw one or two this week that just said, "Oh, when is it going to be just you guys again?" You know? So yeah. You know, we, we're going to mix it up. So we're we're just figuring it out, and, and uh, we're going to have there, there's um. Someone, uh, Tracy Carnazzo, who's a successful podcaster who I'd spoken with yesterday, and she had some, some really uh, good tough love for me, and she 
was like, listen, this is what you guys are not doing correctly. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's hard to hear at first. But then the truth is someone like Tracy or, or Anthony DiDomenico, he, they just want to help us. And yeah. they know more than we do when it comes to podcasting. Mm-hmm. They've been doing this. They're both comics for a long time. They're both podcasters and successful ones. Yeah. So the truth is, you know, we, we're just figuring it out, you yeah. know, but we're, we're having fun. And, and uh, you we're know, nothing if not open to criticism. Yeah. Are you seeing anything over there from? Yep. Uh, okay. Very good. So we're we're gonna go on with uh, Mark Malusis. Hopefully he uh, he hops on here. Yep. We have a uh, special guest tonight. Is Mark Malusis? Uh, there he is. Look at that handsome guy. Well, hold on, just one second. We're gonna put him up there. That handsome devil. What's up, guys? We put a, we threw a couple of curveballs at him. We uh, we didn't say we appropriately didn't send him the link for the Zoom. Then we sent him the meeting code. Then we sent him the passcode. It was like a like an I spy mission here, but you figured it yeah. out, buddy. You have to really want to be on here to be on here. You That's do, <laughs> Moose. Before we before we start, I think um, some of our uh, our scratch research team found out that um, it's your birthday. Is that correct? Yes, today is my birthday. Wow, dude. Happy that was, birthday, Moose. Moose, that was really very cool of you to, to accept this night when we decided to pick a date. I had no idea originally, so uh, that was really cool of you. Uh, I mean, I guess you figure you're working. You might as well come on and uh, and do a little little podcast spot, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm working. So my picks, I know we've been talking about trying to line up a date for a while here. Um, yeah. So... You guys mentioned that tonight was open, um, so why not? I mean, you know, we it's an off night. I'll be honest with you, if the Rangers were playing right now, I don't know if I necessarily we could have done it. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm looking forward to game one tomorrow night in Carolina, but – I'm happy to be on with you guys, and, and thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, Moose, you know you know how I feel about you. Certainly, we've gotten to know each other a little bit over the years. I mean, Mark Malusis, um, for our listeners, um, you know, uh, aside from being on his new TV gig on WPIX Channel 11, he has spent many years on WSN, on SNY, WFAN, um, and, and the list kind of just goes on. Um, but he's also a horse racing lover like I am, um, and I had gotten a chance to meet him um, at Saratoga. The first time I, I'd met you, I think, at Anthony Stabile's event, maybe at that Italian restaurant a couple of years ago before that. But um, yeah, right across from the track, was it King something? King what Umberto's. Yeah, that's exactly right. But that's exactly right. I, I just want people to, you know, to understand what, what kind of guy Mark is. I was walking around Saratoga Racetrack a few summers ago with Max, and uh, that was at the time my 8-year-old. Now he's just turned 12. And Max was like handfuls of stuffed animals that he had stolen from a machine. <laughs> and, uh, That's Max. We we saw I saw Mark walking in my direction and he was with his dad and they they weren't it was just a regular day at the track and I stopped him like hey Mark it's you know Hirsch from Valley Stream from the radio and and Stabile's friend and and he stopped and and spoke to me like we were best friends for thirty years yeah. and uh, and he introduced me to his dad and I felt like um, what humility for someone uh, of your stature to have total regular guy, which I know you are a regular guy, but um, I was super impressed by you, your, your character, and um, you know I never really got a chance to thank you appropriately, um, but that was a swell memory for my kid. He got a kick out of it once I showed him some stuff about you on TV and, and radio, and uh, you know that was a special day for us. No, I, I appreciate, Hirsch, I appreciate you saying that. It was nice meeting your son that day. Um, and that was pre-pandemic as well. I mean, That's we're going, right. Was that summer of 18 or 19? I forget what year it was. It might have been summer of 18. I think right? it was 18. Yeah. 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 So, 
Yeah, my my dad and I. So I grew up around the track. I, I appreciate you saying that. Listen, I, I'm I'm just a regular guy. You know, I, I've been lucky and blessed. I've worked my rear end off um, to kind of chase my dreams and my goals. I never wanted to leave New York. So, you know, I, I've been told a, a lot of times over the course of my career what you know you're not going to be able to do. And and I I love proving people wrong over the years. But yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I go to the track. I've been going to the racetrack throughout the course of my life. You know, I grew up. I went to my first Kentucky Derby. My dad and my Uncle Pete, we drove all night from Rockland County, you know, through Pennsylvania, you know, through Indiana, through all of the, you know, uh, through Ohio, down to Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, in, in 92, when I was 16 years old, we go, my dad and I go up to Saratoga each and every year. He's my best friend. Um, and he was the best man at my wedding. So, it was a pleasure meeting you that day. I'm just like everybody else. I, I love what I do. I love talking sports. You guys love what you do. You love talking sports and everything like that. So I appreciate everybody that you know takes time to say hello um, and listens to whether I'm on TV or whether I'm on radio. And, and, and I appreciate everybody because if, if it wasn't for, you know, and Hirsch, you're a good man, and, and you know Stabile well and everything like that. So um, it, but if it wasn't for everyone listening to the radio station and kind of digging what I do or watching on TV, I, I wouldn't have the career that, that I do have. So I'm very appreciative of everyone that, that you know, stops, yells Moose, yells Mark, says hello. Um, I'm really appreciative of, of everybody. You know, the, the, the theme, you know, Mike and I have the, over the past few weeks, we've had, um, we've had Evan Roberts on, we've had Steve Summers on, we've had Carlin on. And would you agree, Mike, that the, the common theme is the humility, um, and the down to earth of, of all those guys? Maybe it's just part of what you guys do because you're sports lovers getting to kind of live the life of a sports lover, basically. And, like, it's, and, and, you know, yeah, exactly. Cause we're all sports lovers and, You've all, like you said, worked your asses off. You've, we've watched you escalate in your career. If we go, go from, you know, working on Mike and the Mad Dog and then being on the radio, having the, the Moose and Maggie show, and now you're on picks five nights a week. I mean, it's, you know, we've watched it and, you know, you appreciate it because you've, you've climbed the ladder. Yeah, it, it goes really fast. I mean, you know, and, and you know, I remember, uh, you know, when I got named the board op for Mike and Chris, um, and it was, I think it was March of 01 um, and Carlin was the producer. And, you know, I, I, I got offered a job right out of college at WFAN after my internship. And I was uh, at Syracuse at the time. And, you know, I turned it down and that was not an on-air opportunity. It was working behind the scenes. And then I worked at a small radio station in Rockland County after I graduated from Syracuse. And um, I worked there for 18 months. You know, I was making like seven or $8 an hour working a split shift as a, uh, doing news and sports and all local in Rockland County, 500 watt radio station. I came back to WFAN started there August of 2000. And I told then, you know, the assistant PD, his name was Eric Spitz, who's now over at Sirius. You know, he asked me, well, why do you want to come back? I said, well, you know, you, in order to be, everyone tells you the right place, right time. In order to be in the tab B, have the right time, you have to be in the right place. And this is the place that, you know, I've always wanted to work, work at since I was growing up as a kid, which is WFAN um you know live it eat it breathe it every single day and was a huge fan of chris and mike growing up so afforded the opportunity to go back there and and then start working with chris and mike and then things started pick up steam after that you know i'm going to ask you the same question that that mike and i asked carlin um 
do you, and he had a great answer, and I'm sure you will also, but do you ever think to yourself, um, now that it's kind of removed and you're in a different place, um, just how incredible it is that you got to work um, for arguably um, maybe the most important sports radio talk show in the history of the of sports radio talk. So, you know, it, it's just remarkable to me. Continent said he pinches himself still to this day. Um, he, he doesn't have any regrets about it. Just do you ever get a chance to say, hey, that was pretty unbelievable um, that I was able to, to live through that as a, as a 20-something-year-old person? Yeah, you, you know, now that you mention it, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's funny you mention that because, um, you know, I, I was talking to my dad a, a couple months ago, and we're just, and I, I you know, I, I've kind of deep conversations with my dad at times when I'm driving down to the city or whatever it might be, just things on my mind that, you know, I, I kind of like to bounce off of him. And, you know, he's seen a lot over the course of his life. Um, and he was like, Mark, do you ever sit back and like kind of, you know, understand of, of everything you've done in your career, everything you've seen and, and what you've accomplished. And I said, no, not really. You know, I'm, I'm not one that kind of sits back and I'm always kind of on the go. Um, and I, I, I love to work and um, I, I don't really turn down a lot of jobs or a lot <laughs> of opportunities um, as people bust my chops all, all oh, the time. Yeah. Um, so I'm constantly on the go. Now that you mentioned her, yeah, I'm blessed. I mean, I, you know, they, they are the best to ever do it. Um, together, that show was just pure magic. Uh, it really was. They could make any topic seem interesting. They would make you care. Russo would make you care about tennis. Mike would make <laughs> you care about thoroughbred racing. Uh, they had great insight of the, the local New York sports field. They were completely different personality-wise. But their differences in looking at sports made for a, a fascinating radio show that will never be recreated. Um, and, I, I, yeah, I, I learned so much from them. I, I really did. I learned a lot from Mike. I learned a lot from Chris uh, sitting back and, and having the, the opportunity to be their board op for three and a half years and then being their producer for three and a half years. Um, met a lot of great people, but having the understanding of really what it means to do a, a New York sports radio show where – you can be entertaining. Um, you are entertaining, but you know it's a more of a sports-driven show. Um, and being able to, you know, sh you know, shape opinions, your opinions, obviously theirs on the time on the air. Um, learning a lot of how to put a talk show together, but being impactful with your words and not kind of the over-the-top nature that we're seeing at times with the hot takes. Just kind of interesting, good conversation. Um, and you know they get you know they get off the over you know they they get carried away at times all of those things that came along with it but and they did it for so long like they did it for five and a half hours every day from one to six thirty I mean that's a long radio show guys like yeah you, know, yeah. you do it you do a show for three hours you do a show for four hours you know at the end of that show you're mentally drained you're exhausted you're tired you want to make sure you hit upon everything. They were doing five and a half hours of radio, one through one to six thirty every single day. Yeah, it's remarkable. Um, I, I was blessed to be afforded the opportunity to be able to work with them uh, so quickly, and going back to WFAN, learned a ton from them. Um, but to to be kind of one of the one of the few that 
that had the opportunity to work on that show was truly a blessing. Now, I may be dating myself a little bit, and I'm not even sure if this is a reference that will go past Mike, who's a, a young buckaroo, but um, what kind of significance do you feel um, working the same job as my favorite uh, sportscaster in history, Jerry Gerard, used to work at? Uh, how, what's your familiarity with Jerry Gerard from WPAX Sports yeah, I, Days? I remember. I mean, they, they talk about the fact of, uh, number one, I, I remember them. And, and I, how old, well, I turned 46 today. Hirsch, how old are you? Uh, I'll be 51 in August. All right. So yeah. you've got a couple of years. But we're right around the same yeah. age. So, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I remember Jerry Gerard. Like, I grew up, you know, watching, you know, S Scott Clark on ABC. Okay. Len uh, Berman on NBC. Yeah. Uh, you know, Warner Wolf on CBS. Obviously, Bruce Beck, when he when uh, he moved from MSG over to NBC. Um, Jerry Gerard, for sure. Sal Marciano. Jerry, um, Jerry Gerard was one of the few guys, by the way, Moose, that would actually yeah. give horse racing results. That was why my father loved him so much, because my father also was a horse racing guy like, like your dad, and he loved the fact that he would give the late double results, um, which not a lot of guys would do. No, I, yeah, and, and I don't think I'm going to be able to do that here. But, <laughs> Come on. Because, yeah, I don't think I could do, you know, if you had the, if you had the Quinella in the ninth race today at Belmont, I don't right. think I could. But, Mark's like, hint, hint. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, you know, I, I've, and I'm still doing stuff at the fan, but now to be afforded this opportunity at picks where, you know, they're really heavily investing in the sports department um, and now to step into a role where, you know, I'm I'm anchoring um, on TV in New York five nights a week. I mean, it's just awesome. Like, Surreal, it's just, yeah. Right. I mean, it's an incredible opportunity. It really is. And you know, I get to get into you know people's homes, watching the late local news, and everyone's you know flipping on the local news at, at some point in time, and to be delivering sports and doing a little bit differently. I'm doing you know every single night during our nightly news at six thirty. Uh, I'm doing an opinion piece that they call Moose on the Loose, which is great, on New York sports. So it's it's really awesome. You know, there's not many of these jobs. You think about it, two, four, five, seven, you know, nine, eleven. There, there's not many of these opportunities to to be an anchor here in New York. And um, and luckily through relationships, uh, I was able to put my name in the ring for this opportunity, and um, and I was able to get it. So I'm really I'm really excited to be here. So and and certainly, I mean, with your free time between your wife, you have three kids. You have um, FAN on the weekend. Sometimes you have SNY spots. Um, you don't seem like you have a lot of free time, but you manage to do it with a smile at, at all times. You seem like you enjoy every minute of what you do. Um, I see that you you post pics and videos of your boys, and um, you just seem like you're a guy who just appreciates life and in every every single facet. And there's not a lot that you off yeah i mean listen when 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 joey gallo makes an error in left field oh, like please even, don't start yeah i get picked <laughs> off i get angry when when the rangers look lifeless uh in games three and four in pittsburgh specifically game four you know i get a little ticked off I, yeah listen i enjoy my kids are great uh jackson paul and gregory they're nine yeah. seven and five they'll drive me crazy they drive my wife crazy you know my wife donna is the and is is really the the anchor to our family she handles everything when it comes to their schedules and they have busy schedules with yeah. with sports gregory plays soccer they all play hockey jackson and paul play flag football so they're they're all over the place and and she does an unbelievable job 
and she allows me to kind of focus in on, on what I need to do. Not that I'm an absentee father because I, when I'm home, I like to have quality time with them as much as I possibly can. And it's great that they've kind of bought into to watching sports with me, um, which, is, which is awesome. And if they didn't, they didn't. But, um, you know, they're, they're looking forward to game one tomorrow night between Carolina and the Rangers. They were fired up for game seven Sunday night at the Garden. Um, so all of those things, I try and enjoy it. It goes really quick. Like, you know, like we're walking down a little bit of memory lane. Like, I can't believe, like I interned at WFAN the summer of 98. I started there August of 2000. We're going now 22 years later, you know, and I'm, I go from 24 to 46 in basically the snap of a finger. Um, and, and it goes by really, really fast. I mean, here's your 51. You can, it just, it clicks by and it seems to go faster and faster the older you get. So yeah. I try and enjoy it as much as I can. I can't tell you, I'm not telling you that every single day, like I'm skipping through the street and everything is great, but more often than not, I try and have that approach. You know, I, I picked up, uh, my oldest daughter from her freshman year of college up at Binghamton on, on Saturday, and I was driving up there on a Saturday morning, and I'm looking next to me, and I'm seeing other dads doing the same thing. Like, people, you can tell they're going to pick up their kids in college. And I'm like, wait, I, I was just up in Binghamton partying. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, well, exactly. Now, how did this happen? Like, I'm, you know, packing up the wagon and bringing <laughs> the kid home, you know? So uh, it does go quickly. But, um, yeah, I, I just love your attitude. I just love how genuine and humble of a guy you are. And um, we're not going to keep you much longer, obviously, because you got to go on the air. Um, do me a favor. I want to hear, I know my feeling about Rich Strike, the winner of the K Kentucky Derby. Um, I've mentioned this just to Beal also. Um, the after the race, when that horse was attempting to eat the outrider as well as the pony, um, I had my ears up a little bit that there was something that didn't feel right. That a thirty thousand dollar claimer that Calumet dropped in, um, you know, in, into the second race for this horse, I had some suspicions that something was amiss. He's all hopped do, up. Do you, yeah, I mean, do you feel what, what's your opinion on the on that cult and and uh, am I being uh, you know typically Mark Hirschman dramatic? Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. I I think a lot of people looked at it because it was just stunning. Like, I, if you asked me to handicap that race ten more times, and I had Zandon in the race, and obviously Epicenter, we we everyone knew was the most likely winner of the race, but I, I really thought Zandon uh, was going to win it. And when they turned for home, I thought he was. If you asked me to handicap that race ten times, twenty times, I still want to pick Rich Strike. I you know I don't know how he wins the race. I, I really don't. I know. They were walking home. They went, what, the final half mile epicenter did in 53 seconds. So, I mean, they were crawling down the stretch. Um, and I, I give the horse all the credit in the world, but it stinks for thoroughbred racing. I mean, that he's not running Saturday at Pimlico. Now, obviously, you got to do right by the horse. So he just won the Kentucky Derby. So if the owner and the trainer, which they came out and made a statement that, you know, they're, you know their goal is the Belmont Stakes, that, they, they just don't feel comfortable running the horse at Pimlico. I mean, that's great. But how many opportunities do you have to win a triple crown? Yeah. I mean, how many opportunities do you have? An you know, and, and you see a lot of horsemen like Baffert and others that tell you that after you win the Derby, the easiest next race is the Preakness. The hardest is three weeks after that to have the horse ready to fire once again in the Belmont Stakes. And I'm not telling you that he would have fired him at Pimlico. He might have ran up the track and ran to his 80-1 to 1 odds that everyone expected to on Derby Day. Uh, but 
personally, I think you have every right to kind of feel and look at that. I got a number of calls on WFAN after that saying what was wrong with the horse? Why, you know, why was he trying to bite the outrider? And bite, and, and he actually did and took a chunk out of the horse and, and bit the outrider's thigh. So it just made no sense that he, this is a, a horse that, um, you know, for the non-horse people, essentially the owners uh, and the breeders of the horse originally ran the horse once. And then after one terrible race, they dropped the horse in to a $30,000 claiming race, which means anyone could just put in $30,000 and purchase the horse. Um, so Calumet, who is one of the biggest names in horse racing breeding in history, doesn't usually just drop horses that are super valuable. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I'm just a skeptic. I, you know, I obviously used to own horses, was in the game for a long time. The fact that this horse came back after several nondescript races in a row to run a race like that, I have my questions about it, but um, we'll talk more about it off line one day you know let me ask you this first but he passed all his post-race drug tests right correct I mean, in the oaks everyone that ran in the derby there was nothing that was not on the level uh that day now and Hirsch, you know this better than anybody i mean you've been in the game for a long time and and know it a lot better than me unfortunately when you look at the amount of drug use that has overtaken thoroughbred racing and all the negative stories that you've seen um, and big time barns and big time trainers, uh, you know, taken down over the last two or three years and really well known, really well, uh, very successful trainers. I like to think that they want it clean. I still don't understand how the horse won the race. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I don't, I've, I mean, look at the past performances. I have no idea how that horse wins the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. I've passed quite a few drug tests that I probably shouldn't <laughs> That's have. That's true, also. also. <laughs> and Mike gallops out in 12 seconds. So, um, you know, I. Here's what I'm going to say, Moose. We'll close with this. I don't think that horse racing could have afforded another negative test from a derby. Um, and we'll leave it like that because, you know, the truth is they weren't. there was not going to be an announcement last week that this horse tested dirty no matter what happened. Do you think it was a scenario where then are you being like, are you playing the ultimate conspiracy theory where they told him to pull yourself out of the preakness? Uh, I'm saying that I don't know the answer. I'm saying that there's too many question marks, and this sport has been smeared for too much for the past year or two. They're the most prominent trainer in horse racing, Bob Baffert, is now being suspended from one track after another, which is a killer to the sport. So I'm not saying I know what happened. What I'm saying is, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and uh, I have my suspicions. And... Um, We'll leave it at that. I, I think that uh, the Hershey and Keek show is going to make a little visit up to the Saratoga Spa this summer. We'd love to hook up with you if you're going to be there with your pop. Yeah, so, absolutely. Okay. You got my contact info. Yeah. Let me know. I, I mean, anytime you need me, guys, I'd love to pop on. Uh, Moose, uh, awesome. appreciate it. Uh, so let me know. Uh, by the way, who do you like Saturday in the Preakness while we're talking horses? I, I honestly, I haven't even. Hand I've been so disgruntled by the whole thing. I haven't even handicapped it yet. I'll be honest with you. Um, the horse, you know that that uh, I was. I wanted Mo Donegal to be in the Preakness. The fact that he's not is another head scratcher because he was charging hard at the end of that race. So you know, just a couple of things about it that are have been pissing me off a little bit, honestly. Um, but uh, I'll let you know on Friday. I'll shoot you a text and I'll let you know what I'm thinking at that point. Yeah, let me. Let me know who you like on Friday. Okay, brother. Uh, I'm not. I don't know if anyone's beating Epicenter on Saturday, but we'll see. I, I doubt it, but uh, I don't want to keep you. It's 9:38, and the news is calling. Mike and I and Silly Sally are very appreciative that you came on. I love seeing you, and uh, you know we'll definitely talk offline. Thanks, Moose, and enjoy the Yankees and the Rangers right now. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, let's go, Rangers, Rangers. <laughs>
Tomorrow night. Guys, always a pleasure. Good luck with everything. And whenever you need me, let me know. All right. Have Thanks, a good brother. Appreciate it. Talk God, to you guys soon. You Take care. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. It's like another home run. Like every another time we get these guys, guys, we just that, they're, that's they're just why WFAN is WFAN. Yeah, they breed great guys and talented yeah. guys. Yeah, and phenomenal. you know what? Like like Moose was kind of saying, um, I think all of these guys they they started out basically interning with Mike and Chris. Yep, and they learned so much from them. Yep, it was the greatest sports talk radio show on the planet. These guys worked for them every day. Yeah, and that's why the guys that are coming off off working for them are just phenomenal. They're good guys. Just, they work from the bottom up. Yeah, and that's why they're humble, but they're great at what they do. Terrific, terrific guy. I mean, that that was kind of. I mean, I knew going into tonight that that was going to be a, a slam dunk, and he was going to be a terrific guy. Yeah. Um. But um. But you know, we were running into you know, like he goes on the air at ten, and so I I, I cut him there. Um. But that gives us a chance for some Mark and Mike well, and Marky silly Mikey Sally time. time. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I I've been meaning to ask you, but I I haven't because I wanted to talk about it on the air. Um. I heard there was a pretty good heckle session. Um. Oh, for you on stage the other day friday friday night was was it was wild you know what it was it was where uh, were you i was yeah. at mcguire's out in bohemia so mcguire's is a sister club of governors yep. okay out and in bohemia the, the late shows are always crazy you know they're always great shows obviously mm-hmm. but the late shows everyone you know especially friday nights everybody's working all day and then they go have some drinks everybody you know 10 30 so at night 10 30 at night is the late show libations people libations okay and a, just a phenomenal crowd is always there okay there's always one guy though that mm-hmm. had a little too much mm-hmm. um <laughs> so right from the get-go he starts heckling Car- carla was hosting and right from the get-go, and Carla, Carla laid, laid the smack down. She goes, listen, I'm going to go back and forth with you, but I'm hosting. You talk to me. You don't talk to any other comedians. You talk to me. Right. You know, she's, she's very intimidating. She, she, I didn't know. Yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> so she handled them very well, but, you know, the guy keeps drinking throughout the show, heckling every comedian. Security is phenomenal at these clubs. Yeah, yeah they cool. are. So yeah. why didn't, didn't they he just did. He did. He, he, he shushed the guy. But you know what? Sometimes if you really jostle the guy too much he'll get physical and this guy you know he wasn't mean heckling he was just one of those guys that thinks he's adding to the show and, and no reason to get physical and kick him out and one, one thing i noticed about uh, about these clubs is that they really try to placate these people before it, to, rather than making it erupt you know their guys try to kind of like you know that, calm it down a little bit first that's what it is too and that's what i you've got to appreciate about these clubs is that these are customers also you right know? And you've had too much to drink at times. I'm sure I have maybe once or twice. Today. (laughs) A day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, you get it. These are the customers. They're paying. They they come back and support the clubs, you know. Right. And the guy wasn't being mean. He wasn't a nasty asshole. He was just had a little too much drink. Okay. Having a little too much fun. Getting a little too patriotic, if you will. Okay. So, uh... (laughs) So the security handled it great. Shush the guy. He'd be quiet for a little while. Shush him again. Just you know, just remind them. You know, shut the fuck up. So I'm going up last. I'm last on the show, and uh, Tim Tim, <laughs> Tim Saliani was up right before me. Tim was going back and forth with the guy. They were having a really, they were fun. So I'm like, uh, as much as like Tim was getting a lot of laughs going back and forth with the guy and doing a great job. I'm like, now the guy's gonna think he can do the same shit with me. Right. And I don't. I don't. I don't handle hecklers. I I, right. I I don't have wit. I'm not witty with them. Right. I'm not good with banter with them. We know. I just <laughs> I just get angry right off the bat. Right. You want to smash I just face wonder, like, like, when did it start that someone thinks that 
they're so funny they can talk to the person on stage. Always, because whenever like, and whenever happen? somebody does it's it, they always thing. they always come after you at you after the show and say, you know, I, I wasn't trying to bother you. I was just trying to help you out. All right. right. Oh, yeah. You know, that they, they, that's what they think. Yeah. They think they're helping. They think they're adding to the show. They think that they can get up there and get last because they're the funniest guy at their firm during the day. You know? Right. So, so this guy, he, he was a very, pretty intimidating looking guy, too. He was a yeah. biker with a, a mustache. He actually, Carla at the beginning of the show goes, what's your name? He goes, mustache. <laughs> mustache. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be something. And uh, so... <laughs> So now it's my turn. I go up and uh, right away he says something, and I, <laughs> I, I was I did like what what a teacher does. I I did this and said I'll wait. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing right now? Is oh that- my god! <laughs> you sassed him. I sassed the I sassed the biker and said I'll wait. Like he's gonna fucking wait for me. Like a 42 year old white woman yeah. substitute teacher I'm in front of 80 people right now. Like a substitute teacher. Oh my god! You didn't make them do. What do they do now? They go. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And then the whole class oh has god. to do that. Exactly. You should have done that. But I'll tell you one thing. What this guy did impressed me very, very much. Yeah. So security came over to him probably twice while I was up there. Okay. Shut up. Be quiet. And, you know, the security guy there was basically asking me, should I kick the guy out? I'm like, no, don't kick the guy out. His friends are here. You know, they're all You're paying so money. You're so nice. I bet, I, yeah. yes, yeah. get him out of here. You know, because I got I'm looking out for the club, too. I'm like, the guy's with, like, six people. Right. can't kick all six people out. They're not going to pay their check. Right. You know, so. It's a whole mess. And, and the guy's not, you know, he's not being violent. So, they're like, no, no, no. So, <laughs> now the guy gets it. Now the guy gets it. I can't heckle him. So, what he did was, and I heard him from the stage he went to somebody from the table across, thinking he's whispering, "Hey, tell him that this blah blah blah." I don't know what exactly <laughs> what he said, but he's, so he's trying to vicariously heckle me through somebody else, yeah. which was the, I and I called it out. I said, "Are you trying to heckle me through that guy?" Like he thinks he's whispering the guy. First of all, tell him I like going on the couch with my friends too. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, sir. I can't get mad at that. I'd never seen that. I think you found the loophole. You wow. heckled me vicariously through another person. A circumvention heckler? Yeah, that exactly. was witty. It was yeah. very witty. And uh, and then I get off the stage and the guy gives me like a standing ovation and he shakes my hand. I'm like, ugh. You know, so. Jeez Louise. But uh, it, w- it was interesting. It was the first time I've ever seen somebody heckle a comedian through another audience member. Uh, I heard that you handled it well. Uh, I heard through the grapevine that you handled it well, and I was proud of you. Thank you very much. So, and I'm always proud of you, but that was an extra proud moment. Thank you. Um, My first reaction, though, was just no wit. I just said, "Shut the fuck up! I'm not dealing with you." My whole set. I'm like, and now, like, I make everyone uneasy, and I'm I'm doing this thing. Like, I'll wait. You know, I'll wait, Mister, (laughs) Mister Mustache Man. (laughs) I'll wait right here. So yeah. But it was. It ended up being a great show. Everyone, everyone did well. You're just hurting uh, everybody else's t- opportunity. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so was was he was he heckling? Like, were you able to get your material out? Or like, you- I I was because. He w- he wasn't loud enough where I couldn't talk over him. Like I okay. still I still am a loud mouth with a microphone. Okay. Okay. Know? And everyone, and by the end of the show, everyone was kind of tuning him out anyway. And right. all the rest of the audience, they were just used to him. So, we, you know, he wasn't bringing anything new to the stage. So Wow. Well, uh, so I, I was proud of you. Um, Thank you. I will, what, what, did I do anything that, was, that made you proud this weekend? You certainly did. <laughs> you visited my favorite pizzeria in the country, right? So whenever you go to Binghamton. That's right. Where your daughter goes, Binghamton. Binghamton. I go Binghamton. <laughs> I, I, get, I go to pizza. pizza. I don't know what happened there? 
There is a, a pizzeria called Pizza Pizza. Yes, that's correct. Which uh, has become Facebook famous because of you. Pizza Pizza. Let's, pizza, get, let's pizza. get the audience a little background yeah, on Pizza Pizza. For, for all you guys that don't know about Pizza Pizza, I stumbled upon this place. Uh, my oldest child's going to Binghamton, and I was, uh, um, you know, on the way home one day by myself, and <laughs> I stopped in uh, Liberty, New York, which is right near Monticello, and there was um, basically an arrow on the exit pointing left to like Taco Bell, Burger King, Arby's yada yada and to the right there was like this decrepit <laughs> pathetic broken down shopping a center tumbleweed um, blows by and it had like <laughs> yeah exactly it had six closed stores it had a pizza place and a and the largest beer distributor that i've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> i'm like yeah i'm gonna go there instead <laughs> and um so I, I went into this place and it was called pizza pizza and How do you spell um, pizza rhymes of pizza just pizza yeah. f- and pizza rhyme perfectly together <laughs> um <laughs> duh and uh um, yeah, so I didn't know so if it was like a PH or something. <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, I want to E E T S A. That's what I thought at first too. It was like feet. Like <laughs> I don't want pizza, pizza and feet. Yeah. Um, so the uh, I wound up having talking to the owners, and uh, turns out that that they were Polish. So it was like a Polish pizza place, and um, you know I wound up having a Polish sausage slice, and you know I, we made some perverted jokes back and forth together. And, and what is uh, Polish pizza? It was like, like kielbasa pizza almost, like Polish sausage and onions and yada yada. It was that just, can't be bad. It was delicious, okay. and I went so far as on the way home to call the place to tell them that. I was so appreciative of, of having good pizza in a in a weird place other than the city, and um, I told them that I wanted to help them advertise, and it was a whole thing. And and at that point, the guy wasn't. Li- I kind of lost him a little bit at that point, you know. The advertising, the advertising some, thing. Maybe some reason he didn't want to get his name. Maybe, out there, yeah. but who would have thunk that, you know? So that night I'm home. I'm outside. Um, it's our usual Levittown ghetto town driveway night, and it's me and Stacy and and Johnny and Sue across the street, and Stabile's over, and we're smoking cigars and whatever. And um, I'm telling them, that, and, and they they couldn't have been less interested, which you know, <laughs> not a surprise. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to look up this place, and I'm going to look up the menu, and and um, I wound up doing a, a search, and um, the 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 next thing that pops up was owner of Pizza Pizza in uh, Liberty, New York, arrested on child pornography charges. No way. Yeah. And, uh, it, and, and his picture was there. and, and uh, Old yeah. pictures of Mike. It was like, <laughs> so honestly. So Google was like, did you mean Mike Keegan? Yeah, yeah exactly. So the guy's name was Prezemislaw, actually. But um, so I will tell you, and this just shows you, um, it shows you that I really do live for adulation and attention because I have formed a friendship with this guy to the point where I've been there so many times that when I go in there, hey, you're coming from Binghamton, you're going to Long Island. Hey, no, black ass, like he's got nicknames for you. He doesn't know my name, but he knows who I am. Like he, it, it, when I walk in there, he and I don't see him, I see him every maybe month, two months, whatever. Hey, uh-huh. Jew face. Like something yeah, like, hey, yeah. Jew bag, you want the Joe Polish pizza. But... It just shows you, and I know I have some some mental issues, but like that whole drive up there, I'm thinking like, is he gonna be there? Is he gonna be in? <laughs> is he? Is the store gonna be closed? Yep. Is it gonna be all shackled up? Is he in jail? Because he's obviously 
in hiding because he's in Liberty, New York. Like, yeah. He was originally like a New York City. He was. A, he owned a, a very bustling place in Queens, and so I gotta get out of here and go to fucking the. Oh, middle but of I've done a lot of investigation on yeah, this, yeah. so I know a lot about it. And, so when um, you're when you're telling him you need to advertise more, you he's yeah. Like, yeah, whoa, 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 there, buddy. What the, on the phone call? What happened was I said, um, what I want you to do is a big <laughs> orange sign that says "Formerly of Queens, New York," and you know I figured like these people up there wouldn't know that. You know, it's real, legit New York pizza, and it is. It's legit. It's good. It's it's definitely tasty pizza. Put um, your name on the sign so yeah. everybody can Google you he, and know he, that you're legitimate. He wanted, no, he wanted none of it. Yeah. He wanted none of it. And um, but it's it's definitely a sickness that like leading up to the days of the trip, I'm thinking about not just the pizza. Yes, I am thinking about the pizza, but not just it. Am I going to get a greeting from him? Is he going to remember me? Is yeah. he going to be there? And it's not really a normal thing that I'm concerned about this guy. And I don't want him to be in jail. No, I don't want the sort of now like you, you like the guy. No, I right? like him. No, he, he's he, you know he, you're two visits away from him being like, hey Mark, come in the kitchen. I got to show you something. Mm, mm. <laughs> the, the crazy thing is that when I get there and he knows that I want the Polish pizza, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, what about what? What do you want to eat though? Um, <laughs> um, he <laughs> He he goes in the back even if he doesn't have it ready and he automatically makes me a slice. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And basically, what it is, it's 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 like a, a Polish sausage and onions and peppers on a slice. And it's just not the okay. typical pizza slice that you get. Yeah, you get um, chicken on pizza. You get other things, yeah. but like I've never seen that. But it's a good idea. So we chat. We I talk about. He had like a new little t- little nice table set up in front of the store, and he's telling me that he's been getting some people through that. We, there's a solid ten or fifteen minutes, and the funny thing is, none of my kids will eat eat it they know the story <laughs> so we get there the other day and so on the way back from binghamton samantha's like and you've brought your kids in though even little max oh max really? and i won't go in yeah okay max gotcha, and yeah. i won't go in they won't go in yeah. um but samantha was like i have to go to the bathroom and i'm not going into that goddamn place <laughs> and there's I'm, a camera in that fucking bathroom like, samantha we got it. we're making time yeah. okay yeah. i'm gonna get a couple of slabs of pizza <laughs> and put it in a box <laughs> And it turns out that his bathroom is lovely, by the way. I'm sure it yeah, is. It's I'm a lovely sure bathroom. Is. And I have checked for cameras, by yeah, the way. There's yeah. nothing in there. But he, she comes out of the bathroom, and he's like, hey, your daughter want a couple of slices? I'm like, no, no, she doesn't eat pizza. Your daughter, you want the Polish sausage yet? <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing was, she asked him, and, and, and Samantha doesn't have any. She'll be like, you know, she'll like, fuck off. She'll yeah. be like, I don't want a pizza. Thanks, buddy. Like, she'll walk right past. And um, No, thank yeah. you, kid toucher. So she didn't have the pizza, but I had a couple of good slabs and uh i'll miss him but you know he says i'll see you in august you know like he knows <laughs> that i'm going back there in august and um you know i'm just uh i'm gonna miss him but yeah. uh you know so that so i hope that was something that made you proud this weekend it definitely made me proud and i'm de- I, want, I think i'm gonna go with you in august I'm- you can go Max, with me. Max is gonna be like, Dad, why is your friend from the radio yeah. coming with us to pick up some no 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 you can come you can definitely <laughs> come um, so i gotta meet this guy mm. I want to tell you another little funny thing that happened. Um, so we we get a lot of um, Amazon deliveries at my home. Let's let's say that. Um, sure. I think we've become. It, it's just easy to order from Amazon. No one likes to go shopping anymore. Mm-hmm. So like Stacy will order like thirteen bathing suits, send back twelve of them, yeah. and you know. So but it just we have a, we get a lot of activity. We so we recognize we know the the uh, the Amazon drivers enough to you know talk and chit chat whatever. Um, but the other day it was uh, one of those warm days and the driver um, 
comes out of the car, comes up to the fence, and um, he sees that like Hazel is by the door, and she's like ramming like a barricade, like she's just like <laughs> she's ramming the glass door, you yeah. know. And so he's like, he goes to hand me the package. So I go take the package from him, and um, I said, "All right, you know, buddy, do you want a, a bottle of water?" Um, he's like, "Oh no, I would love that," you know. So I go turn around, and as I'm turning around, I see Hazel do another barricade, and I'm like, "You stay there, idiot!" <laughs> and then as I'm walking, I hear the guy say, "Okay." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my fucking god!" <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I'm like, I turn around, no, 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 I was talking to the dog, but by this time, Hazel had already gone. She was already gone already. What dog? <laughs> so, he's like, <laughs> and I'm like, God, what's wrong with my life that this happens to me? And I know stuff? it's like your neurosis, you're like, no, oh God, this guy's not going to believe me, and... So I go in the house and I go to get a bottle of water. Max is like, "Why do you look like you just saw a ghost?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, could you do me a favor, buddy? Can you hand him this bottle of water, the Amazon guy?" You're never gonna answer the door ever again. He's like, he's like, "I'm not handing the fucking guy a bottle of water." I'm like, "Max, you are taking this bottle of water and you are going outside and you're handing it to the goddamn Amazon driver. You know it's good for you." <laughs> and he did, and I never had to see the the driver again. But <laughs> and Max yeah. hands him the water and goes, "Here you go, asshole." Can yeah, I just right, tell you? You go, idiot. <laughs> when he said, when I heard him say, "Okay." My heart <laughs> jumped. It definitely. I, I'm like this fucking guy thinks I'm talking to. I'm talking about him to him. So yeah. So that's what happened with that. Oh um, yeah. So um, so that's that's basically what happened for me this week. Um, what else? Do we, we're at already at ten o'clock already. Yeah, really. What's what's happening? What's coming up for for Mike Keegan happening this weekend? Uh, this weekend, I um. I'll be away. I will be in uh, a Mohegan Sun in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania at Wisecrackers okay. Comedy Club. Terrific. So if any of our listeners are in the Pennsylvania area, oh yeah, come down to the casino, have a little fun, and then uh, come catch a 9 o'clock show Friday and Saturday night. So you are, you're hosting, you're featuring, you're closing? I'm featuring for Kevin Brennan. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so wow, yeah, we'll, we'll have some dude. Fun, me and old Kev. Do you um, have you worked with Kevin Brennan before? Many times. And really, yeah, he's he's a, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's uh, an interesting man. He's a very interesting guy. Does no. does he request you? I mean, how does it wind up? That I you, don't. I don't know. But he's I, a pretty legit I, yeah, guy. You yeah, know? he is. I mean, I've I've picked him up at his house and been on the road with him. Okay. Um, the first time I picked him up, cool guy. You know, I've always been a fan of his. I, I like him better than his brother. Um, you know, unlike a lot of people, but yeah, I like him much better than his very famous brother. Yeah, but. Uh, I was always a fan of his. I think he's one of the funniest people. I was actually featuring for him here a few weeks ago, Governors. Okay. And I brought my dad because I'm like, Dad, you're going to love this guy. He's great. And he's one of the best comedians. So sure. I pick him up at his house. We're going down to Pennsylvania. Guy doesn't say a word to me for 45 minutes. No. <laughs> yeah. So no, like, but you, you, but it was you've just, had conversations with him. Never. On? This is the first time I met him. This is this is years ago. Oh, oh, this is okay, several, okay, several okay. Several years ago. Got you. Uh, the the guy who was putting the, sh the producing the show goes, oh, you mind picking up Kevin Brennan at his apartment? I go, yeah, no problem at all. Uh, I pick him up. First of all, he's like, I'll be down in five minutes. 35 minutes later, he gets into my car and... He just doesn't know me, so I guess he's not comfortable and just doesn't say a word to me for like thirty. Does he minutes. shake your hand? Go in the front seat. Give, give like me a little. Shook, give me a little handshake. He sits in the front seat. He's got his earbuds in. Does I'm he like, think like you're just the driver? Like, did he not know? That I don't you were know. Working? You know what? That is that is pretty. He probably pretty just thought fun. you were like the Uber driver, right? Or, or I just do have a funny story about that that I'll tell quickly right after that, right after this, but something like that. But he might have. But I, I think he might have, must have known that I was a comic. I don't know. 
But so after a while, like we ended up going to, to a rest stop to grab a bite to eat, and uh, he he was doing a Facebook live, and then like he had me in it with him, and then after that he started we, we were talking the whole way there. So wow, that broke the ice. So it was like thirty thirty five minutes of no talking wow, at all, which is that's weird. horrific. But now you know when I see him, we know each other, and I don't know if he if he requests me, but I've been working with him a lot recently. Funny guy, so you're gonna love him if you come down to Wisecrackers. Um, <laughs> a story about that, Sally. Um, you know, Joe DeRosa, um, another very good comic, um, who's very good friends with Carla's ex-husband, Jay. Big Jay Okerson. Big Jay yeah. Okerson. Yeah. And, uh, they're very close. So, and Carla's very close with Joe DeRosa. I think she, he used to live in their apartment with them for, for a little while. Mm-hmm. So we used to go out to lunch a lot. It would be like me and Carla and Jay and his girlfriend and Joe DeRosa would join us. So maybe five, six times I've been to lunch, brunch with him, whatever. So now I'm working with him in Pennsylvania, and again, the producer goes, uh, Joe DeRose is staying with his parents. He's like 10 minutes away. You mind just picking him up? So I pick him up. He's like, hey, Mike, oh, great to see you, blah, blah, you okay, know, remembers sure. me. So we get to the club, and uh, <clears throat> I go up on stage, whatever, blah, blah, blah. After I get off, the 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 guy who runs the show, the owner of the club, he goes, uh, he goes Mike, you know, <laughs> he told me not to say anything, but... Uh, but when you were up on stage, uh, Joe DeRosa said, uh, oh, I had no idea Carla's boyfriend did comedy. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> so he thought I was just picking him up out of you nowhere. Thought, yeah. yeah. That's uh, hel- Wait a second. So all the times you went out to lunch with him, he didn't know that he you He had were- no idea he was a comedian at all. Every time I've been to lunch with him, just Carla's boyfriend. That is hilarious. Yeah. Carla's boyfriend who has J-Pay J- for his brunches every every week. That is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So he, he goes to my buddy. He's just like, I had no idea Carl's boyfriend was a comedian. That's so and I was cool. featuring for him that weekend. So. And then he, was he disappointed? He was very disappointed. He goes, I'm still pr- not pretty sure he's not a comedian. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific. But, okay, uh, so you have, so you're away in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Brennan, so if you're in Pennsylvania, come grab some tickets for that. But uh, okay. great stuff going on here at Governor's. Uh, I know. I think it's sold out though, but Saturday John Ziegler is filming his special here. Right, um, getting my John, affairs getting in order. My affairs yep. in order. Our good yep. friend John Ziegler. I think it's sold out, but if any tickets open up, keep an eye out. Um, okay, that's a great show. Three great shows going on at all the clubs here. Um, I think uh, there was uh, Louis C.K. is going to be here. I think on Thursday, right? Oh, that's right, Thursday yeah. night. Yeah. And also, let's give a little little pop to our friends uh, Rick Rada and Jeff Bozy. Um, Thursday night, their uh, podcast, which was um, not going on for a while, is making a one night uh, return on yep. Thursday. Uh, what is it called? Uh, no, no rhyme, no poa. No <laughs> what is, okay, yeah. No rhyme, no reason with Bozy and Rita. Just okay. Just so happens they do it when Louis C.K.'s in town. Yeah, that's a little surprising. No, but uh, yeah, check check that out. Check all the shows here out on uh, GovsRadio.com. Okay. uh, uh, Knock them dead, written comedy. um, All of them. Joey Petroni, check them all out. Yes, absolutely. uh, Yeah, great shows going on at all three clubs this weekend. So come out out to a comedy show. Come out to the the comedy show. The the patio's going to be opening up here outside soon, I think, in a week or two. All right, good. So they have a patio here at Governor's Comedy Club, and it's awesome because you hang out outside. It's beautiful weather. You drink and watch some comedy. Beautiful. 
Well, great show. Thank you to Mark Malusis. Thank you to um, to Silly Sally. And again, considering the the past few days that she's had, we're super appreciative that that she uh, that she came out tonight. Um, another great show, Michael. Thanks for. Uh, show, buddy. I'm for, glad you forced Sally to come out. Yeah, yeah. I pushed Thanks her, lot, pressured her, threatened her. I begged guilted ten her. Times not to have to do yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, we don't want Tony here, so you better figure this shit out. Okay. Um, so, yeah. all right, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, please, if you're listening to this on Spotify, please um, share it. If you're watching it on the uh, the Facebook link tomorrow, whatever the case may be, please share it. Tell all your friends about it. And uh, we're going to be back next week. Uh, I think we've decided to go. Um, are we guestless next week? Did we decide yeah, to I go? I think we're guestless. I think we're just going to. Uh, we're going to go for it. Yeah. We're yeah. Do our thing. We're going to have a few little. Uh, little uh segments that we're gonna work on for you it should be fun some good comedy next are you, week. Are you working on segments <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, i'm just trying to fucking make yeah. it sound interesting you better fucking know. do something buddy okay <laughs> all right kids we love you thank you very much and we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week thank you